Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? It's me, Egbert, once again. I'm the new owner of this station. I went out and hired the best talk radio consultant, Jeff Allen from News Talk STL, and told him to hire the worst talent he could find. Jeff did exactly as I told him. Ladies and gentlemen, here are Brad and John. It is the BJShow.co. Did I get that right, John? BJShow.co. Absolutely, 100% nailed it. I'm on, I'm on top of it, stuff like that. Um, you know, yesterday I started up a little bit when I said that uh, Taylor Swift, you and I talked about this. I had a couple people comment on that. I said that Taylor Swift's handlers are going to essentially say to Taylor, uh, you need to drop this Travis Kelsey dude, you know, because of the fact that some of the stuff that uh, happened last week with the parade and the whole bit. And um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with that, because now that the NFL season's over, there really is no super interest in that. Or am I just wrong? I mean, you know, you no, I think I think you're right about that. So I think if you're building her narrative and you're building her her story, you figure out where she is in the world tour. You You talk stories about. You know, is Taylor, is Travis spending enough time with her? And really, Brad, you, by the summertime, Travis will be doing, after he does a lot of media appearances and such, you know, camp opens in what, late July? Yeah, yeah, they, they, they're, at it, they're at it again because of the fact So, that- I mean, I know that that seems forever ago because we just had the Super Bowl, but it's really not that long. So you have a summer of Taylor, and, and I'm not sure exactly when her new album comes out, but you have several mileposts coming up this summer that are an opportunity to, you know, build the story of them together, what's next, you know, marriage, will he propose, all this other stuff, you know? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm yeah. waiting for Pigskin Fever, which I think is the greatest proposed name of an album, Brad. I think that's a gem. And, who came, and if they don't pick that up from you, um, it's it's really a missed opportunity. And who came up with that yesterday? Me, right? Yeah, you did. It was fantastic. <laughs> Pigskin Fever. Boy, there's all sorts of crazy stories in the national news this today. I mean, saw all sorts of bizarre stuff. Uh, transgender athlete at center of high school girls basketball game forfeit. Okay. Oh, man. Hey, let, let me interrupt real quick, Brad, because just down the road on Highway 70, just west on 70, last night, Columbia, Missouri declared itself to be a sanctuary city for LGBTQIA asterisk plus folks. So they say, listen, we don't care what Missouri or anybody else says about transgender laws. We are our own island and we are a safe place for the transgenders. I want a city to declare itself a uh, sanctuary city for speed limits. That's what I want. I, <laughs> I want I want like Warren County to essentially say, hey, <laughs> we're a sanctuary county for speed limits. Once you get out of St. Charles County into Warren, into Warren County, if you've got three digits on that speedometer, have at it. We don't have care. And, you know, but Brad, think of how many of the YouTube channels that you follow would make the track to, you know, they'd make the track to Warren County just to check it out. They'd beg for an officer to pull them over. And then they'd be so frustrated when no officer pulls them over. Well, it used to be, I think it was Wyoming didn't have a speed limit. I think why. And, and yeah, yeah. I think they lifted it, right? Yeah. And, and I, now it's, we talked about this, I don't know, last year or something like that. Uh, the highest speed limit in the country right now, I believe is 85. 
I know it's at least the last time I did it, which was a long time ago. It's, it was 80 across ports of parts of Utah, and I believe in Western Texas, the speed limit is 85. In the state of Missouri, Ooh, the highest. Nice. Yeah, the highest speed limit is 70. You know, uh, and and that that's that's it. And you know what? Now the beauty is. Let me interrupt, Brad. The beauty about after West Texas, the beauty is in South Texas. There's no speed limit because you can walk or swim across the border. Either one. <laughs> You know, you talked about a sanctuary city for for Columbia. You know, isn't it ironic that New York City and all these cities which declared themselves sanctuary cities are now sort of thinking to myself, <laughs> I don't know if this was a smart move or not. Because How can we unsanctuary right. ourselves? Is there a playbook for unsanctuary? I mean, some of the things you read, I mean, like, I keep reading stories about, about let's be honest, black people in New York City and Chicago being upset, upset because of the fact that they feel they've become second-class citizens to the immigrants. And, Outraged, know. yeah. And you know what? And, you know, we talk about the liberal mentality of there only being a small pie and that there's only so much success. Now, that might not apply to success in life, but it does apply to a city resources. So if you're a young working mom, if you're a young black working mom in New York City and you need a little bit of child care assistance and you get a check to help make sure that your kid can go to daycare so that you can actually work. And then you have these immigrants coming in that are that are illegal immigrants that are, quote, trying to do the right thing. There's only so much money that the city of New York has, you know. So, of course, they're going to be outraged by that. Here's, here's the story. Um, a girls' basketball game between two Massachusetts schools made waves earlier this month after one team forfeited against their opponent, which had a biological male who identifies as a female on the court after three injuries. Apparently, this, <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh at that, but come on. The dude, <laughs> a video captured online on Monday showing one player for the collegiate charter wrestling for a rebound with a biological male athlete from KIPP Academy. Um, some have expressed concern after the girl for collegiate charter has was injured on the play after hitting the court, grabbing her back in pain. A source told Fox News Digital that the biological male identifies as a female, is more than six feet tall, and has facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> Prior to the injury, two others had suffered by a collegiate charter team that was only carrying an eight-player bench due to injuries in previous games. It is not known if these injuries occurred during plays involving the biological male athlete. Collegiate charter spokesperson Casey Crane released a statement which indicated the school's approval of coach Kevin Orton's decision to forfeit at halftime, especially considering the team's playoff game was close. On February 8th, the coach of the collegiate car, uh, Charter School of Lowell's girls basketball team decided to end the game at halftime after watching a third player injured in the game with Kip Academy. <sighs> I mean, can you imagine? And I laughed at that. And yes, that is insensitive. And I'm not laughing at the fact that somebody was hurt here, Brad. But when you describe the student as being, you know, a girls basketball player having facial hair, like, can you just imagine that visual? And God forbid you're the young woman who's assigned to cover that guy. Like, come on. I, I don't see. That's what I don't understand. I mean, I mean, how anybody can say, you know, like, for example, my daughter, my daughter is not in, in you know, I've got big kids. My my three sons and a daughter. My sons are six foot eight, six foot six and six foot four. OK, so I've got mm-hmm. big kids. My daughter is five foot ten. OK, she's not a small by woman yeah. size. She's probably, you know, in the upper 20, 30 percent as far as height is concerned. OK. But by the same token, back in high school, if she said to me, Dad, I want to go out for the the men's football team. I want to play tackle. And I go, Amanda, I don't think that's a good idea. 
Yeah. Because already at the high school age, my, for example, my son, my oldest son was is like six foot, I don't know, six foot six. He's a huge kid. And at one point in time, he weighed probably 280. He's not, not that heavy anymore. But he was a offensive lineman on the football team, okay? He was a big dude, okay? Mm-hmm. Against my daughter, he wouldn't stand a chance. I mean, she wouldn't stand a chance. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, he not. would he would have her on her butt in no time at all. I mean, if she if she played D-line and he was on O-line, I mean, he would just, you know, bonk, bang, she's on her butt. You know, that's all there is to it. Because and, and so the other thing is, one of the silliest arguments that we heard last year in the Missouri legislature were – the progressives were saying, well, it's not that big of a deal anyway, because not many kids in high school athletics go on to di- to division one sports. And many of their comments were very sarcastic and like, well, I doubt many people complaining about this have kids that are good enough to play division one athletics anyway, which ignores the whole principle of it. Number one. And number two, the thing that there's a difference between saying, you know, a girl being on the boys' chess team. There's a difference between that and something that could cause legitimate physical injury. Wrestling, basketball, any of these sports, Brad. You wouldn't think of allowing a big hulking man to beat up a young woman, but you put pads on or you put you know, a pair of basketball shorts on and the guy can give an elbow to the girl in the middle of a game. Yeah, but doesn't this whole thing sort of blow up? You know, for women fought, and deservedly so, for the Title IX thing. And, yes. And, but doesn't this sort of blow the whole Title IX thing up because of the oh, fact— Yeah, and, and you know, that's the legal argument, of course. Why shouldn't women have the ability to change clothes and participate in sports? All these things that they fought so hard for to have their own separate space, to be able to have a man— if I was in high school, to be able to come in and say, nope, I'm a girl today. I want in your locker room. I want to be – I want to compete against you on the sports field. It's ridiculous. And again, normal people – these are the things – Brad, we talked about guns earlier. There are a lot of reasonable people. Oop, I lost you there for a minute. Are you back? I think I just lost are, – are you this back? This is one of those issues. I lost you for a minute there, I'm John. Here, Brad. You disappeared for about five seconds. Go back okay, five yeah, seconds. I mean, this, this is one of those issues – we talked about guns earlier, but this is one of those issues where reasonable people who might vote for Democrats on you know, part of the ballot and Republicans for another, they can look at this issue and be like, you cannot say with a straight face that a boy should be competing against a girl in girl sport. Right. Okay. Changing subjects. John yes. sent me this last night, and I don't want to laugh about it. I think this is sad because of the fact that my kids – all four of my kids went through the Francis Howell School District. Three of them graduated, one didn't. He sends me this last night. Apparently, the Francis Howell School District's computer system has been hacked. Right, John? Yeah, so we're looking at, so I just pulled up here um, on, the local media covered it, it looks like late last night. An investigation is underway. So to cut to the chase, Parents got an email last night that said, hey, we're closing schools on Tuesday and Wednesday because we don't – because our electronic system has been compromised. And the, 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 the wording of the note – and I know you read it, Brad – is very vague. And to, at a surface level, it certainly appears as though the Francis Howell computers have been hacked or compromised or some kind of, uh, some kind of ransomware. The, the phrase they used was unexpected network activity. Well, I love when well, you sent this to me last night. You forwarded, and the forwarding messages was, "Sounds like Francis Howe got hacked." A whole lot of words below to say, "quote We got hacked." 
And the thing goes, <laughs> exactly. the thing goes what, one, two, three, four, five, six. There's like seven paragraphs here. And you go to the first one, FHSD staff and families. FH, FHSD recently observed unexpected activity within our network that disrupted the operability of certain computer systems. Upon learning of the activity, we responded quickly to confirm the security of our systems and to work toward restoring full functionality to our systems as soon as possible. Specifically, we took steps to ensure that all connected systems remain offline while our investigation proceeds and are utilizing workaround procedures during the downtime to enable business efforts to continue. Holy cow, is that... You know you know who could have said that better? B- uh, Joe Biden. Kamala Harris. She <laughs> Kamala Harris could have, could have had less of a word salad than that. Now, I mean, your, your thoughts and prayers go out to the person that was tasked with writing an email. You know, they have the stock language that's used that's ready to go for any sort of thing, but I don't know if they had language to specifically describe some sort of a hacking incident. Also, it should be noted that Francis Howell sent a note to some parents about two weeks ago about a separate data, well, about a data breach with some data of kids' test scores and other information that was inadvertently emailed to a group of parents and others. So I don't know if that incident is separate than this or not. Frankly, if you're Francis Howell School District, you're dealing with a whole lot of stuff this year. Well, you're dealing with white shaming curriculum. You're dealing with now with some sort of hacker or ransomware. Okay, here's, here's the second paragraph. We also separately commenced an investigation to understand the nature and scope of the activity. We're working with a third-party computer specialist to investigate the source of this activity and to confirm any, any impact on our system. Our investigation of this activity causing the network's uh, disruption is ongoing. Although we have figured out one of the problems is one of the ventilation inlets for our computer monitoring system was right next to where the parents parked next to the school to pick <laughs> up their kids, and the smoke from the dope coming out of their their cars went into the computer ventilation system and made the computers go high. And that's exactly what happened. And they also do sporadic testing of the computer systems. They do a, they, they do a computer emission test. It's kind of like a urine test for the computers (laughs) and they found trace amounts of Delta eight, which is technically legal, Brad. We've learned that on the, on the BJ show.co. So it's just a whole mess. You have ventilation, you have marijuana, and you have hackers and ransomware. I was making up that part about the ventilation. Okay, obviously. Our technology team has been working diligently throughout the weekend and holiday to restore internet service to all buildings. However, we anticipate that we will continue to face connectivity issues this week. Key systems that are critical to our ability to teach and keep in, uh, students safe at home may be inaccessible during the, uh, until the issue is resolved. Okay. They're going to AMI. I didn't know what the hell that was until a couple of weeks ago. One of my teacher friends says, you don't know what AMI is. You know what AMI is? You know what that is, right? What, what is that? Alternative. Oh, alternative methods of instruction? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that uh, essentially means, hey, parents, you're in charge of teaching your kids <laughs> right, at home right now. Right. You're in, it's, it's COVID return. You know what I mean? Now, I, I, hate, I hate to be uh, an aging Gen X here, Brad, but can you imagine in your days at Twillman or Kirby or Hazelwood High School of there being some sort of some sort of a computer problem that kept your math teacher from having you come to class and do a worksheet and do something on the chalkboard. Well, here's what I don't understand: is there's there's al- alternative met- methods of instruction means you're supposed to log in from your house if the computer system's down. Yeah, yeah, you, you're exactly right. How do you do that? You, you yeah, and, and so the the whole thing is, I had flashbacks last night. I would I would call them borderline night terrors about when you think back to the COVID era. And what parents went through during the COVID era of trying to do instruction. And God forbid you're a teacher that's trying to get kids to pay attention. What, what I would appreciate 
friend that Francis Howell district is. I understand there's official communication that you have to send out. I would appreciate if the district had somebody going around to every radio station, television station, saying in plain language, hey, here's what we need you to do on Tuesday and Wednesday. We understand many of you, and, and God forbid, Brad, the, the folks that are in a position that can't stay home for a few hours and be with the kids, what are you supposed to do? I, it's, I, I just don't get it. I mean, I, and, and, and once again, to me, this points up the aspect of, of we've gotten so dependent upon computers. Back in the day, it's not, maybe not when you went to school, but for me, I mean, we had, God, we, did, we, had, we had one teletype unit, which was tied into the McDonnell Douglas mainframe, which we leased some computing time. This is a long, 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 long time ago. Okay, it's to the point where, have we gotten so dependent upon technology that we can't have the kids show up and sit in class and have the teacher lecture them? You know what I mean? My I'm, point, my <laughs> point exactly, Brad. I mean, now, the other thing is, if you, it, the scary thing is, can you imagine if you quantified the number of hours of St. Charles County residents, moms, dads, whoever, that have to skip work today because they have to be at home today and tomorrow and maybe Thursday to teach their kids? <sighs> I don't know. I, it's things like this that just make me think, okay, what the hell's going on, you know? Yeah. Okay. And why isn't there a better, a, a more solid backup? In, again, easy for us to say, but why isn't there a backup, at least for Tuesday and Wednesday, to have a worksheet and a chalkboard to teach your kids? Right. Or at least go on TikTok and, and, and teach classes there, right? <laughs> exactly. Right, okay. Lord knows what they can uh, learn there, Brad. Right. And it's all brought to you by the Chinese Communist Party. Right. We're way over time. Say goodbye, John. Bye, guys. See you tomorrow. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it?